Welcome to On We Woka, the chronicle of a small town. On We Woka is brought to you by WeHo Productions and is recorded at the WeHo Farm and Market on Scenic Highway 270 between Holdenville and Wewoka, Oklahoma. I'm your host, Jack Fowler. Episode 2, Melissa Washington. first daughter I got pregnant in high school and um, you know just was a single mom and was really you know hard raising her just alone Um, she lost her hearing when she was 18 months old we had a car wreck and um, you know just when that happened pretty much everything else I had planned was on hold because I just wanted to make sure that I was taking care of my daughter and Just being really attentive to her. Did she go to the Oklahoma school for the deaf? She did. She started out in Wewoka when, after she lost her hearing, it took, she was 18 months old when we had the wreck. We found out she had lost her hearing about a month later. And that was like October. And so by January of the next year, there were other children in the community that were deaf. So they started a preschool. um, OSD had like a satellite preschool Mm. for Wewoka. And they set up at the First Baptist Church. So um, it was my daughter and two other children. And eventually there was another one that had came. And um, it started out, Heather Tucker was her first teacher. amazing stroke of luck for all of you because my yeah. first question was going to be well I imagine we woke I had no resources back then to well, deal they, with that but they, they were aware they were aware that these kids were in the community and so they started preparing um once the school started in the public school system um you know that one of the interpreters went started with them there at school and then they brought in a teacher and um you know my daughter heard her only disability was a language delay. I mean, she's capable of learning everything else. And so um, I kept her in school in Wewoka up until the seventh grade. Um, I moved her to justice just to see how she would do kind of with transition, mm-hmm. you know, into a new environment. She fit well there. She graduated the eighth grade at justice and then ninth grade I went ahead and moved her into OSD um we woke up school systems they actually provided transportation daily because I wasn't ready to let her live down there you know that was a big part of me raising her was being her in her daily life sure so um she rode back and forth with another um kid Cord Calvert he he was um you know, one of the ones that started in the preschool. And so they commuted back and forth every day. Um, And then when she became a a sophomore, I started kind of leaning towards, well, she's got to prepare for, Mm -hmm. for life. And, you know, OSD, they offer so many things um, just to uh, 
you know, get them used to daily living on their own. Mm -hmm. It's not just book work. It's just daily living skills. Yeah. So they teach them budgeting. Um, they, they help them get jobs while they were in high school to kind of help see how they would transition into a workforce and, and find their niche. So way more prepared than a hearing kid is by right. their school. You know, I'm really a homebody anymore. Um, I've, I traveled when I was young. I, you know, went out and did things, but now I'm at a point in life where my family is really important and just being home. And like I said, I have a younger daughter now and I just realized the importance of just simple mm -hmm. everyday stuff. Let's get our chores done, you know. Saturday morning, we're going to, you got to get your room clean. You got to, you know, clean the bathroom. Just normal stuff, but it's scheduled. Yeah. Um, you know, routine is so important. I didn't necessarily grow up with routine. Mm -hmm. And I see, like, how um, how important it is now. Um, makes, makes a kid kind of feel safe. It is. It provides security mm -hmm. that you know, first of all, you got a home you have a home life, you have a home structure. And I mean, we may go, we take our daughter to the museum. You know, we keep life's very simple for our youngest daughter because we have older children. I'm married now and I have three bonus kids mm -hmm. and they're all in their twenties. And then we have this nine year old. And so just raising those older children, they came in, you know, they were growing in, at the time when cell phone usage was mm -hmm. was becoming popular with young children and stuff. Um, TV, video games. And it's not like I deny those things to my youngest daughter, but I want her to know reading is just as fun. Yeah, right on. <laughs> that, you know, um, she plays with tiles. So we may just spend like an afternoon just building different kinds of structures mm -hmm. out of these magnetic tiles. And just giving her a basic, let's go outside and have a scavenger hunt. We we look for different kinds of bugs. I make a list of like bird feathers or yeah. like, you know, an oak leaf or something like that. Just to help her, you know realize that there's there's fun in simplicity yeah so um and that's kind of how i raise my younger daughter now you know i don't push a phone or tv i don't do that um you know we draw we do puzzles and that's our time to interact to talk about life because she's still she's young but she's not too young to be exposed to what, sure. the, what is truly out in the world stories uh maybe about when i grew up or when my mom you know things that my mom told me yeah. or you know some of my elders you know i try to continue that oral history mm -hmm. 
in in times like I said, if we're just sitting around doing a puzzle, I can. It's an opportunity to talk. Right on. And so, and you know, another thing, we're very adamant on dinner time. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't. Our our kid doesn't really participate in sports because her school doesn't offer things like that. But at the same time, those things really take away from the home. Mm-hmm. And so, while she's young, I just really want to instill some values, some morals. Sure. What makes you a good person? And I think a lot of that comes from family. Did you grow up in the country or in town here? Um, it was a little mixture of both. Um, when I was really young, we always lived in town. Um, most of that time, I, I spent probably the most of my younger years growing up on Cedar Street. Okay. Uh, there was a trailer park at the end of the street um, down by Big Yank. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that was just a great experience as far as like there were tons of kids yeah. there in the neighborhood. We used to get together and play baseball. When all the cars were gone from the factory, we'd get out there and play baseball, kickball, whatever. And, um, and then I moved to the country when I was about 12 years old. dad has this thing he always says that most people are just doing the best they can right and a big difference to me that i noticed from living down here to the city and other places like when you grow up in a town where you know three generations of the family that that dude came from Mm -hmm. it's way harder to judge that person like if you meet a stranger in oklahoma city you just know them you don't know what their family was like or where right. they grew up but here you do right and you so you sort of it's a, you see people on a, i guess more of a continuum in yeah. a place like this and it's easier to empathize with with another person because you know his you you know he's doing great you should have met his grandpa he was a real bastard you know like yeah there's none of that in big cities because you don't know his grandpa but right. you do i think there's value in right. that and you can see the change yeah. you can see the progression um like i said i i didn't really come from a whole lot um my mom um she never married the man but they were together for 18 years mm-hmm. and um my stepdad you know i'd call him my stepdad but he is the one who helped raise me and helped mm-hmm. mold me and, um, you know, he's the one that I sat on that front porch with drinking iced tea and just getting some simple life knowledge yeah. on, you know, you know, it's country living, you know, simple, like I said, simple living, um, just morality on how you carry yourself, mm-hmm. you know, how, you know, modesty. <laughs> There's a lot of things that, you know, it, it's just through simple conversation but you it it somehow ingrains in you and helps build you as a person um i think that we are all kind of an accumulation of our experiences 
And, you know, I'm always grateful for whatever I'm experiencing at the time, whether it be good or bad. You know, I know it's building me for something. Building you to be a good mother. Right. Your, I mean, it sounds <laughs> I can see why it's you seem to take a lot of pride in, in that and in, yeah. in raising your daughter the right way. And I well, so. I mean, it's important because um, at the end of the day, she's my responsibility. Um, she's what I'm putting in the world. Yeah. And, you know, um, there's a lot of bad things out there, and I just don't want to be a part of it. (laughs) You bet. A lot of our families, you know, we've all had dealings with each other if if i don't know you i can ask you know who are you related to around Mm -hmm. here and generally i know and it's just you know comforting to know like um you may not know every personal detail of their life but you kind of know who they are you know they're good people the majority of people are good people Mm -hmm. and you know you know the people who just kind of fall in on rough times and your understanding of it Mm -hmm. i think that's one thing that we woke has taught me is just to be understanding of everyone's situation. You can see someone at a really high point and you know, you may see them go low and then you may see people just propel, you know, from out of their circumstance. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm I'm kind of one of those people, you know, I How so? Um you know, growing up, I up until a certain point, I really didn't have a good family life. Like I said, that's why it's important to me. You know, my mom was a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she raised me and my sister alone for, you know, many years. And she worked two jobs. She worked at City Hall and then she was a bartender at a local bar. So I didn't see her much. Mm-hmm. And so I was alone. So, um, you know, just being that uh being a minority, being a, a woman, you come, you know, I, I don't want to play those kind of politics, but it, there is some kind of disadvantage. There. You may not always be noticed in things, but I also am grateful, like the education that I received in Rewoka, mm-hmm. um, the acceptance that I, I have from like all of you guys, nobody really I guess either they didn't know or it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. We, we were all accepting of each other. And, you know, it just kind of has really helped me through life just understand that, you know, just because people aren't raised like you or don't come from the same um, financial background or anything like that, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're people. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to survive. And, you know, we're just striving to the same goal. (laughs) Uh, I'm a medical laboratory scientist. So uh, what I do is I process blood and body fluids for analysis to help aid in the diagnosis of, you know, various wow. disease states. Cool. So I've worked, uh, 
I worked at the same place pretty much my whole career. I just transitioned into management, so it's pretty new to leadership, but just the profession in general, um, you know, it's a it's an amazing field if you like math and science. Um, if you want to be in healthcare but don't necessarily want to be directly patient contact. And so um, it's, it's pretty much all I ever wanted to do. Um, I was cleaning out my mom's house and I found like an, I don't know, a paper that we had to write, maybe junior high or something. And I was writing about being a medical really? laboratory scientist. Right on. Yeah, it's just something that's always been in me. delicate in how I ask it because I don't want it to be a political conversation. Oh. But as a healthcare professional, as a medical professional, was it difficult during COVID living in a place that didn't really believe in COVID for a while? Oh, <laughs> it's very difficult. Um, very, very difficult. Because like I said, I'm a scientist. I understand how viruses work. You know, I I spent seven years of my career working microbiology and some of that is virology. So you you go through all of this education and you know how these things work and it's not um, left and right. This is just down the middle. This is what's happening. This is how these things work. Things mutate. So um, it was very hard for me because working in a lab, you know, you hear nurses, you hear doctors, nobody talks about laboratory and what they went through during COVID. Um, Lab staffing is, you know, at a halt, you know, it's very minimal right now. Mm -hmm. It, there's so few people going into the profession that we can't keep up with the people who are retiring, um, you know, there's staffing shortages across the country. And so you bring in a pandemic with, you know, an already strained workforce mm-hmm. and then something so unknown. So um, let's see how do I, I mean, I could talk all day about COVID. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> direct patient contact I still have a I guess kind of a relationship in my mind um, with our patients because we serve pretty much the same patient population so you you go through seeing people early in their cancer diagnosis Mm -hmm. and you watch them progress in that but then you see that they're getting treatment mm-hmm. and you see them healing. I don't know what this person looks like, but I know I know the name and I know what their blood smear is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I know that that blood smear is going to take me a little bit longer to to sort out all of the white cells to you know figure out what they are. 
So, like I said, it, it's not like a personal relationship, but I know these patients and what they're going through. Sure. So when you have something like COVID who comes into your space, you start to worry because you know there's some people who aren't going to make it. It was very worrisome when there came a point when I live on Saran Drive, Main Street in town. So I'd start to hear ambulances go by. Mm -hmm. I was already on the end of knowing who was positive. Yeah. Worrying about when it was coming into my community. Mm -hmm. And the fear of who was in those ambulances, you know. These are people that I more than likely know now. Yeah. And you you pray for the EMS workers because you hear them going on calls. And it just makes you work harder mm -hmm. to stop it. So I didn't have time to debate anybody. Yeah. I you believe what you want to believe. At the end of the day, my heart is with my community, my work family the patients I, I serve, and I don't have time to argue your politics. I have a job to do. I keep my mask on. It sounds like when you talk about your family and your little girl, like that's part of your self-care isn't it like, it is yeah it is um you know like i said um not having that family structure um i don't want to say it took a toll on me but it uh it makes me appreciate what i have now um i went through a period of where um you know i'd be upset because you know maybe i'd didn't have my mom as much as I want wanted, but at the same time, I'm also growing just, you know, as a, a woman and realizing everything it takes to, to be a mother, mm -hmm. um, how much you give and, and all the things that you want to put into your kids. And I, I, you know, for a while I wondered why I didn't have that now that I've grown more, I realized um, my mother was sent to residential schooling mm -hmm. as a, you know, a, a young child. And she didn't necessarily have that because she was sent away. Yeah. She's part of that error that, you know, was removed from the home. That was. God, it was one generation ago. That's amazing to think about. Is yeah, your mother. It is. My mother was like that. And so just, you know, like I said, growing in who I am, I realized Maybe she didn't have all of that herself. Mm -hmm. You know, she was thrown into an environment that she hated. And so I can't fault her for things that I didn't experience because obviously it, it may have been made worse, you know, much yeah. worse than what, what I did. So, um, you know, I just kind of, I'm thankful, you know, that 
I still have my mother that, you know, our relationship is good and stuff. You can't focus on old things. You got to move forward and you got to have understanding. Like Mm -hmm. I said, you, you understand people when you, when you grow up, you view things in a different way. And so I realized, like I said, like that to, to me, I think just being put in residential school alone, the whole intention was to break families. It was. you're raising your daughter in different than the one we grew up in is it um it is different in a sense like you said that kids aren't out playing you see some kids out on their bikes but not a whole lot um but to me it's I don't know it's still the same I guess um we still go down to the local public library we see Miss Trimble um you know they still have book readings during the summer and so for her to get to still experience the things that like that i i would go down to the library and and listen to the stories and so i i still get to you know take my daughter to do those things and so i just love the fact that she does get a little bit of that you know we we used to live on another side of town and i would take her on walks just downtown you know, evening walks and talk to her about the buildings, talk to her, hey, Ben Franklin used to be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that used to be, you know, that was a, a kid's clothing store before it was JR Movie Land. Yeah. And she's like, what's that? And I was like, we had we had to rent our VCR. store. You go to <laughs> yeah. a store to rent a movie. She reads National Geographic. Cool, She's, cool. I mean, just any kind of book of knowledge. I mean, yeah. animal books, whatever. But she, you know, like I said, we bought an old house. Her house was built in 1930. Mm-hmm. Um, so just buying the house, like I said, it belonged to my great aunt. When we moved in, we found a Bible that was from 1940. Wow. And so even just going through our house, we could be cleaning the yard and we'll find something old and be like, man, I wonder like how this, how this got here. Yeah. We found like a bowling ball and some <laughs> bowling shoes in the back. Yeah. And so, uh, and you know, just like talking to her about, um, the history of where she, where I come from. Um, my husband, he's from Lima, but you know, his, his grandfather, my grandfather, they were friends. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that until my mom was kind of telling me some stories about how she had went with her dad as a young child. And was that, you know, some kind of speakeasy or whatever they called it back in the day in Lima. And come to find out, it's my husband's grandpa. Our grandfathers were friends back in the day. bit of history um on where where we're at why we're here and then we take pride in it sure you know i love being from Uwoka. um you know depending on where your association and time with Uwoka is 
um, there's good and there's bad. You know, we kind of got a bad reputation for a while, but there's so much more good that comes out of Wewoka. And I want my daughter to have a sense of pride mm-hmm. of being raised in this town that, you know, um, I don't care what anybody says. You can be successful coming from a small town. Um, to me, success is kind of just a personal me- measurement. But um, regardless, you still have, need a sense of pride of where you're coming from. Yeah. We try to give her the rich history of Wewoka, you know, taking her down to the Cootie building. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do a little history. I'll Google it up. You know, this is what was going on. Panther oil here in Wewoka. And so, you know, just... Little things like that, uh, it makes me excited because I learn new things about where I'm from. And she remembers it. You know, we'll drive by and then she'll be like, oh, yeah, that's that building. And so, um, you know, I just think that, you know, you know, as natives, we like oral history, like mm-hmm. I said. And so any opportunity to give that to her is great. So that's still a really important part of the way you identify culturally is the stories. The like stories. That's, 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 it that, is. That's your link in this chain. It is. You're giving it to your daughter. Right, right. That is that is what we do. Um, I feel like I'm somewhat of a storyteller anyways. I got mm. tons of stories, man. Uh, being from this small town, um, you know, like I said, it, it's it, it, every little bit of interaction that I've had here has followed me wherever my travels have mm-hmm. been. And so... Um, like I said, I always have a beacon to, to come home, but um, it's most definitely the, I don't know, the place I want to be. <laughs> People here treat each other with a respect that bridges a lot of uh, lines that other little towns do not care to cross. Right. And I don't know why, mm-hmm. but this town's always been that way. And yeah. that's why I started coming back to parties here as a high schooler in Seminole. Cause mm-hmm. these, everybody partied over here together for starters. Right. There weren't different. There wasn't clicks. There wasn't. You you could go wherever and feel accepted. It's bizarre. It is. <laughs> it's really bizarre. It, it really is. And like I said, like now, um, you know, I'm turning 44 tomorrow. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. This is part of my birthday. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> like, right on. Let me just tell my story. <laughs> Tomorrow's not guaranteed. So let me just talk about it now. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like... Um, You know, we had a good melting pot growing up. You know, um, we were just mixed, you know, like I said, racially, um, financially or social status. All that stuff was a mixture, but everyone was accepting. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't just have like bad books. We all grew up, you know, from the jump together. And I just don't feel like anyone ever um, was kind of like weeded out or anything. You know, we all just kind of all vibed together our whole lives. And um, 
it didn't matter. Like, like I said, you can go from uh, north side of town to the south side of town. It don't, that stuff doesn't matter. We don't have those barriers. And uh, even yeah. little stuff that wasn't necessary, necessarily social or socioeconomic, like our friend Howard. Yeah. Marching in the band during halftime of a football game he was playing in. Like you right. can't, you couldn't get away with that in Seminole. You yeah. were in one group or the other. Yeah, no. And one group was sort of nerdy mm-hmm. and one group was cool. And I, I remember seeing a we woke a football game and Fuzzy and, and Howard had their football. And I'm like, where, what is this? They're not That's being ostracized for being in the band. No. Like they just let them. It was really cool. That's how we did it, man. It was cool if you could do both. Yeah. (laughs) You're multi-talented. I had some friends in college that, you know, another thing was like I'd at Seminole, the amount of international students that that yeah. would come through. So for some reason, those were my people. I would bring them to Wewoka. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> so there's a little bit of Wewoka in other countries. I, I, like I made right sure on. to bring them home. Um, they dig it. Do they like? They it? loved it. Yeah, yeah they cool. did. I still stay in contact with. Um, you know, I have a friend in Portugal yeah. and a couple of friends in France. Um, you mentioned Uganda. <laughs> I dated a guy from Kenya for yeah. several years. We almost got married. So I have land in Kenya. His, really? His parents bought us some land. Let's go. <laughs> I want to go there now. This has been great. This is great. I'm two for two on this. You and Nick. That was your thank you You're for welcome. speaking so openly and, and thank you. That was wonderful. Um, I wish we'd have done this years ago. Really? <laughs>